This is Thoughts on the Table by DisgracesOnTheMenu.com. Hello and welcome back to Thoughts on the Table. Paolo here again for another episode, something quite different today. My guest today is Sim Salis and he's connecting from Chicago. Hey, Sim. Hey, how are you doing? Thank you so much for having me. I'm great. Thanks for connecting with me. Uh, This is quite a unique experience for me. Uh, Simone has a professional setup, so we will be recording this episode as if we were in the same room. So not uh, the classic phone call style of connections. So, Simone, can you introduce yourself and can you say how you came across my blog? Yeah, sure. Um, I, you know, like you, I've been living across the sea. I've, I've moved to Chicago in the US a few years ago. And I started to get curious about how and why some foods are completely different. Like they look <laughs> the same, like bread and milk and other things. They look exactly yes. the same. But then you look at the composition, you go like, why is this so incredibly different? Why is there gum? in the bread why is there like other kind of stuff and so after a few years i started to get a little bit nostalgic of the food that i left behind uh compared to what you can find as a standard one here in the u.s and i ran into your blog when i was 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 looking for explanations of how this happens and then i saw also recipes and i you know i just thought it was really cool and you had a lot of good recipes and stuff like that you have no idea how happy this makes me there's there's (laughs) one thing about, uh, about blogging um it's really hard to tell, really, who's reading and mm. why uh, they're reading. You can gauge a little bit from the comments, and sometimes somebody uses the contact me form to to ask you something, which is super cool. But really interesting for me to see somebody who actually found me doing a search. Yeah, and um, you you know you have been blogging for for a long time. You have many many articles and interesting recipes. And I've been started, I started to blog just recently. I since I moved, I used to be. You asked me to introduce myself a bit just to give context. I am not too connected to food besides the fact that I miss it a lot and I love <laughs> your website. But I used to work in comedy in Italy, in, at Comedy Central Italy, and to host a satirical news uh, show. Mm-hmm. Since I've been moving to the US uh, here, uh, you know, uh, that, that kind of um, thing transformed into a blog and a podcast with interviews. So mm-hmm. I keep kind of staying in the entertainment field i produce videos here for advertising on tv Um, and and you know i'm new to the blog experience but i can definitely see you're much more structured and that was another thing we had in common that made Mm -hmm. me try to get in touch with you excellent well uh, it's an honor to speak with you okay (laughs) you have uh, been doing this professionally and that's uh, obviously amazing to see that you continue from from chicago uh and uh and you you have your own production so it's an honor i have so much to learn from you um so again it's thanks so much (laughs) for things my friend but yes yes (laughs) i'll take thank you thank you very much (laughs) Uh, this is such a difficult job for me okay the blog was something i wanted to do uh and then the podcast came uh, out of a crazy idea with a coworker, and um, you know this was yet another challenge to to try and do uh, recording and uh, do something interesting with it. Um, so yeah, absolutely, um, so much to learn uh, in this field. So still, mm-hmm. some working on that. So yeah, I can take any advice you can give me. <laughs> but let's get to one of the things that you brought up when you contacted me Mm -hmm. you essentially said 
why don't we talk about all of those questions that Italians who have moved to North America somewhere mm-hmm. um, inevitably are, are coming across? Things like, I'm going to start with the first one you had. Mm-hmm. Why does milk last three weeks on the shelves in supermarkets? So you see right. the expiry date, three weeks, sometimes four weeks. How is that possible? You have to know that uh, fresh milk in Italy, at least uh, what I remember, uh, has a shelf life of three days, something like that. So how is that I possible? Think so, yeah. Is that right? How is that possible? So in Italy, there's two kinds of, uh, of milk, at least uh, when I was living there, now uh, close to 20 years ago. So things may have changed. Mm, wow. But yes, I know uh, I spent half of my life really uh, mm. abroad. It's crazy how that happens. But what I remember is that there's two kinds of milk in Italy. There's the fresh milk, latte fresco. Exacto. Exacto. Which, uh, like you said, has a short shelf life uh, and has a certain, uh, let's say, fresh uh, flavor. And then there is uh, long conservation milk is called UHT, UHT, um, which has a very long shelf life. You can keep it on the shelf, not refrigerated. A few months, yeah. Yeah, a few months, two, three months, something crazy. And uh, it has a different flavor. Some people don't like it. Some Italian friends didn't like it. But I I was used to uh, drinking that too, and I actually like it. Uh, But then when I moved to Vancouver, in my case, what's Mm -hmm. going on? Milk has a long shelf life, but also has a bit of a funny flavor, uh, as far as I'm concerned. It's different, right? Isn't it? Uh, how would you define it, Sim? Can you try? I think, yeah, sure. I, I think it tastes more like condensed milk than fresh milk. Fresh milk, to me, remembering that, like three mm-hmm. days shelf life, it, 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 first of all, after three days, it literally becomes ricotta cheese. <laughs> you forget it in the fridge, you go back, yep. and it, it's spoiled. There is no Separate. doubt that that <laughs> is, like, gone. I think that I remember it tasting more fresh. I don't have the vocabulary to describe to you what more fresh means, but you know, it's it happens with a bunch of things here at least in the US. I remember the first time I visited New York, I I had an apple. I brought back an apple in Italy. In 2010, we put it on the kitchen table. It <laughs> stayed there for over a month and the apple was doing fine. The apple looked fantastic. It looked better. And the same for the bread. Um, (laughs) We bake bread at home and our bread, you know, after one week, it's either very dry or, Mm. or there is a little bit of, uh, it's, it's molding and there is a little bit of like uh, mold on it. But if you buy it here, it it just stays eternally soft (laughs) and it's, it's, it's great, but how, like, you know, and the same thing with the milk. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. Well, there is. Okay, so for those listening in uh, North America, we may make fun of some things today, but um, we don't mean it. <laughs> no, <laughs> we were I mean, just trying to. We're just trying to understand. Um, of course, I, I think a lot has to do with um, the distribution and and the the intended usage of products. So this is me speaking based on my own research. I'm not mm-hmm. a scientist. I'm not a food expert. Uh, in a scientific way, but um, I kind of came to this type of conclusions that, you know, Italians are used to uh, shopping every day for certain things. I'm sure mm-hmm. this is no longer true. 
And in fact, things have changed in Italy too. But the idea of getting milk uh, every other day, say, is totally fine with Italians. In fact, they would be surprised and suspicious if it lasted longer. What's going on? What, what kind of preservatives does it contain? Mm. Italians are skeptical about that kind of stuff. Because again, they're used to the milk turning ricotta, as you said, um, <laughs> as well as uh, bread. Bread is something that, uh, you know, my mother really bought every day for the longest time. I was assuming um, something, maybe you can tell me if I'm wrong or there is some truth in it. I thought that what you said, that Italians are slightly more suspicious <laughs> of what is in their food and where it comes from and how. I thought that plays a big role in it because I can't yeah. picture my grandma buying some products here. By the way they yeah. look, and by the way they taste, and by what is written on the back. But I think on average here, it's more accepted that some stuff, you know, mm, you just yeah. don't understand what is in it. And uh, I remember dating this person originally from Chicago, but was living in Rome. And I was living in Rome at the time, too. We we were eating grapes. And and I remember he eating, eating a grape. He just goes starts to spit and goes, like, there's something in the grape. And I'm like, yeah, it's it's the seeds. That's <laughs> <laughs> like turns to me and goes, like, grape has seeds. I'm like, well, I don't, you know, I don't want to generalize. I'm pretty sure it depends on the person. Many people know here too that grapes have seeds, but it's generally accepted that grapes that you buy at the grocery store likely don't have any seeds. Whereas for me, that was standard and okay. Yes, they're sterile. Uh, so technically, these are plants that cannot reproduce themselves. Uh, you know, and that's that's actually not normal. Um, but I guess people <laughs> may think that uh, that those meant for for consumption are mm -hmm. like that, uh, and then they have plants that are meant to make other plants that instead have seeds. But but really, you hit a, a very interesting point that you know people don't really look at the labels; they're used to food tasting. Uh, in a certain way and being easy to to handle. So everything kind of has to do with that. Uh, maybe we can talk about, I don't know, TV dinners. <laughs> I am so tempted to use those things sometimes because you just go to a grocery store and go like, oh, I'm going to be lazy. But then, but then we rarely buy them because it's, it's just, I don't know, I can't. And I don't want to sound too judgmental here. I just, you know, I, I to to be clear, Italians are privileged now in 2020 or, you know, now after 100 years since the first people started the second wave of immigration in North America, because we fall within some positive stereotypes, like stereotypes mm -hmm. about Italians now are just like the place where you come from is amazing. <laughs> the food that you eat is fantastic. <laughs> and you're overall an emotional and nice person. So, I mean, that's, that's a pretty good stereotype to start with, right? <laughs> yeah. So once you start with that, you go, some of them, sometimes I used to also get a little bit annoyed by it. I was just like, well, just stop it. Just stop it. And I and I want to <laughs> reclaim it. And I think like, yeah, I, I think you're right. <laughs> I, think <laughs> I think, you know, I'll yeah. take it. Well, we're, we're lucky, time, Sim. We're really lucky. Uh, I've always be honest, been, yeah. yeah, I mean, I've always <laughs> been, uh, you know, accepted with a big smile. Are you from mm -hmm. Italy? And and yeah. you know like people light up, so we're so yeah. we're so lucky to to be recognized as people who come from a beautiful, interesting place with amazing food. Um, so yeah, um, we're certainly lucky. And uh, <laughs> people don't know though that it kind of 
absolutely goes the other way too. We are incredibly fascinated by North America. That's a true. lot of Italians are. Um, you know, we uh, we look at the vast spaces. We look at mm-hmm. not just the nature, the buildings, the skyscrapers, For sure. and uh, are fascinated by all of that. So it goes both ways, just want to say. Sure, and yeah. if you are a North American and you move to Italy, oh, you'll be popular. People will, will want to hear from you. I can guarantee you that. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, there is definitely, you know, especially some friends. Um, I noticed that most people have also this romantic idea of moving to Italy here. Mm-hmm. Um, and it happens either when they're just out of school or college, they think that they're going to study in Italy or they're going to... Mm-hmm. I know many, many people who study oh, in Italy or they're going to spend some time in Italy or it happens towards retirement. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it yeah, starts yeah, to be like, sure. I'm going to retire in Italy. I'm going to be near Bologna, Lago di Como, Rome, whatever it <laughs> Tuscany. is. Firenze. Tuscany. Yeah, sure, yeah, sure. big one. Yeah, the, yeah. And, and just, you know, they have this picture of just like being there, enjoying the sun and getting like nothing. Of course, the reality is much more complex than that as you and I mm-hmm. um, know, as everybody who lives in a country know that, that there is many, many, many sides that include the political one, the social one, yeah. and many mm-hmm. layers. But for sure, there is this kind of reverse desire. There is there is definitely a reciprocal desire. Yeah. The first time I moved to Chicago, the, the architecture here was fantastic and all the international style. You definitely understand that this is where modernity for architecture and buildings and uh, urban development for big cities was born. And that is fascinating to live and to witness. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we all, you know, crave what, what we don't have and we're fascinated by sure. by the foreign. Yeah, and we are so lucky that we can have this experience. And I don't know about you, Sim, but the going back to Italy after having been uh, in North mm. America for, in my case, a full year, sometimes even longer, uh, yeah. was so interesting. Uh, why? Incredible. Oh, I think the reason why it was so interesting was that I would discover an appreciation for simple things that I couldn't do uh, in Vancouver. I was missing the tradition to go into the cafe for a cornetto and mm-hmm. uh, the cappuccino tasted different. And uh, I don't know, people were behaving in a different way. Uh, they were yeah. talking to me in a different way. And then, you know, in, uh, in a year, um, I noticed that my driving had changed. I would drive differently. I would go more slowly. <laughs> and then I would, uh, I don't know, speak a little bit different. That's sure. what my my friends were telling me. Uh, Paolo, you have a, not an accent because we don't pick up an accent like that. But, um, <laughs> but you pick up um, maybe a way to form your sentences, which is a little bit funny. And, you know, learning English, largely I learned on the job and in Vancouver, really, because before mm-hmm. my English was... As we say in Italian, scolastico, <laughs> school-like, which means yeah. poor. Um, when, uh, you know, a language, a full immersion, you know, takes over your brain, you um, you kind of carry a piece with you. So I would say, like, um, some sentences don't make sense in Italian, and they would come <laughs> out like that. I'm sure you have the same. I, I you know, I definitely make up some words in Italian. <laughs> yeah. I don't have, luckily, I don't go back and I'm like, now I have an English. <laughs> I don't, you know, I hate that. And luckily I don't have it, I think. But what I do is I will make up words that are in between English and Italian. For example, if I need to say address, 
the Italian word is indirizzo, mm-hmm. I will absolutely. And I ended up saying once, like, what is l'adresso? <laughs> yes, yes. And that doesn't exist. Or like, that is, that is like, you know, it's not long, it's, it's short. I will, I will also say that is uh, quello shorto. Which just doesn't, it doesn't make, it's just my brain taking, like, going the same drawer for, like, a piece of information. And yeah. it was like, this, 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 this will work. And it's just like, and everybody goes, like, yeah. what? That's a kind of I a short. Short circuit. Yeah, like, yeah, totally. What? I would say things like, Mom, uh, I need to go out. Uh, sono fuori di carta. I need to buy paper. I'm out of paper. Um, (laughs) Which, obviously, my my mother was very entertained um, to hear. If you speak Italian, you know how strange that sounds. Anyway, uh, so, yeah, so it was fascinating. uh, And I would have a list of things that I would do, uh, food that I would taste, uh, and restaurants that I would visit, and friends that I would visit. And then over time, you know, it becomes a habit to, to go back as well. Um, and you know, there's a routine in the going back and you kind of realize that there's this parallel universe, which is Italy. Uh, they live the same way. Um, they carry on and uh, they, yeah, they really don't care. You're not there. They do what they have to do. But <laughs> seeing your own country after a while, it does feel a little bit like visiting Italia land more yes. than Italy. It's, it's this feeling of oh, detachment boy. that you get a little bit and you just go like, ah, I see. Oh, I do that too. Mm, and that happens with my partner too. My partner goes like every, you know, the first time we visited was like, okay, I got a few more puzzle pieces about you. <laughs> now I know why you behave now like I this. I do this. Yep. <laughs> oh, it's the same for my wife. She say, oh, okay, okay. Well, you're not that bad, but yeah, you do that too. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you, you do that thing. Uh, they do all the time here. Now I see why. Um, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. That's, uh, that's so interesting. Let's go on with another of your questions. Mm. It's something I was thinking about very early on and I researched. The question is, what is the difference between ice cream and gelato? And you know, yes. so why do we care? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah, exactly. Because to you, you're, you're going to have a fantastic explanation. But to me, the difference between ice cream and gelato is mostly, I like chocolate. That's it. That's, there's nothing more than that to me. So to you, they're kind of similar? No, they're not, but mm. I can never tell if it's because of the ingredients or because of the structure. For yeah. example, near us, there is a place that does Argentinian gelato. Mm. And that's what I say. It tastes fantastic. It's just great. I have a couple of favorite places in Rome where I just land and go straight to get an ice cream there, La Gelateria del Teatro, in the center of Rome. And I wrote it I, down I, now. <laughs> this, yeah, it's pretty good. And, you know, this one is good too, but then I'll go to an okay ice cream place and it's we had this thing when i was a kid in italy which i think it was a thing here too the the flavor was smurf uh, puffo. <laughs> puffo. <laughs> yeah it was just this bright blue, blue thing and it's like what blue is it cream, yeah. yeah what is yeah you're literally eating blue there's nothing else <laughs> yeah, so that is blue. that is how it's a different how is it, it is different mostly for me it's okay by the flavor Okay, yes. Okay, so um, I'm prepared on this one. Um, so I'm going to just uh, tell you what, what I've learned. So the uh, the main thing, obviously, is um, the fact that ice cream, as it says, is made with cream. Instead, gelato is made with milk. So the content of fat is substantially lower in gelato. Uh... So you may think that gelato is healthier and has fewer calories. Not really, because gelato yeah. is a lot denser than ice cream. It contains less 
air. So there's like twice as much air in ice cream. Um, and uh, yeah, so ultimately they they kind of equivalent for volume okay. uh, in terms okay. of calories. Uh, there's one thing that I like to do. Well, I don't like to do, but <laughs> if you if you happen to leave some ice cream out because you're not e- eating it, yeah, yes, you go back to that container after a couple of hours, and if it's ice cream, you will notice that there's some froth on top and some watery um, liquid on the okay. bottom, and it'll be gross, and you will want to throw it away. Absolutely, no doubt. <laughs> Instead, if you do the same thing with good quality gelato. You mm-hmm. find yourself with a milkshake, and that's really nice, actually. And ah. you probably want to drink it up. Um, so I'll do that. <laughs> so that's my my kind of uh, test for for the difference. And I think it's all to do with the fact that the gelato comes from refrigerated custard, and mm-hmm. uh, it is really um, something that would be a cream if it wasn't cold. Instead, okay. uh, ice cream is a, a kind of a more complex uh, structurally and more unstable uh combination of ice and fat so it would separate like in um, yeah exactly it would separate like water and other stuff fats yes it's water and fat separating yes so it's kind of a, you know gelato uses emulsifiers to keep it all together because um, it, it is an emulsion uh like the natural emulsifier is the egg yolk that uh, you use okay. to make a custard and kind of keeps it all together. That's how you make mayonnaise. That's the same thing of mixing uh, oil and water. Like when you have the oil, and then you mix it fast, and for a second it doesn't look separate, but it, it still is. Well, it's a bit different. I think what you're creating okay. is a suspension of droplets. Ah, okay. Yes. Okay. Uh, so that you can do, um, but it's unstable, <laughs> yeah. right? It will eventually okay. just go back to you gotcha. know. Gotcha. So the emulsion is the two, two separate layers of stuff in the liquid. Yes, the emulsion like, is, okay. is when there's something uh, an emulsifier. Uh, that kind of creates the bound between something fat and something uh, polarized, like like a, a water molecule. Gotcha. Yeah, so, I like my ice cream very emulsified. There yes. you go. Yes, me too. In fact, aside from uh, the amount of fat and air, obviously you have very good artisanal gelato and artisanal ice creams, and they're both amazing. You know, I'm not saying that one is better than the other or not. Uh, Italians have uh, their own flavors for for gelato that traditionally are quite refined and quite delicate, like uh, hazelnut, nocciola, or pistacchio. Mm -hmm. Um, But you also have uh, crazy flavors that we make for kids, like the Smurf flavor, right? (laughs) We we do some crazy stuff there too. Um, Instead, you know, traditionally, I'm finding that, you know, in North America, the flavors were more, I don't know, yummy. Uh, that's chocolate chunks chocolate chips yeah yeah for sure um yeah. caramel uh now salted caramel everywhere you know um i do like salted caramel a lot that is like one of my favorite ones for ice cream oh, yeah, it's nice it's for nice sure. so, yeah i love that and uh i do love you know it, it ice cream falls in the same bucket and and they literally serve it to you as a bucket. Sometimes <laughs> just, I just yes. you'll try to get some, and you get a bucket of ice cream. But it falls in the same bucket as as pizza. Like you know, you can find it good. Like the Chicago dip dish pizza. Oh, most yeah. people are curious. Like with the mm-hmm. Italian living in Chicago, most Chicagoans will ask me, "What do you think of the deep dish pizza?" And I go, <laughs> "Like it's like fantastic. I love it. It's a fantastic casserole." 
It's great. (laughs) It's great. It's great. It's It's a great casserole. It's, it's, you know, you can call it whatever you want. It's definitely a a different kind of product compared to the, yeah, the thin Roman pizza or the Neapolitan pizza. You can also find, but they're curious about that. And it falls in the same bucket as ice cream because even if you buy Domino's pizza, Papa Mm -hmm. John's, you know, those, those big chains, whatever Mm -hmm. American chains of pizza, Sometimes it's good. It's in the same way that, you know, you don't always need to seek for the fantastic version of something, or at least according to your taste. Of course. Um, it's in the same bucket. Like you can you can have the Italian version of that. You can have the North American version of that. There is a time for each. If it's late night, you're hungry, you're <laughs> desperate, and you have a bucket of, of Ben & Jerry ice cream, it's pretty good. Hagen yeah, does, whatever. Course. You don't need the you don't need the delicate like white mint and you know that's that's sure <laughs> yeah no. Italian flavor of that you're absolutely right but uh, okay so one thing is um, obviously um, some chains of pizza as well as if you want you know, Ben and Jerry and these guys have perfected yummy and <laughs> that's a little bit the problem um, according to some uh, so here I'm crossing a, a little bit of a line uh, food. In my experience, again, from Vancouver, especially mm-hmm. the food that you buy um, out of impulse, like an ice cream or uh, yours, yes. the pizza, right? Is hyper palatable, is yummy. And a lot of food qualifies like that. It's designed to taste amazing. Like your chips yes. are super, you know, dressed. There's a lot of stuff in them. Your Doritos are just, you know, punch of flavor. Uh, everything is yes. so yummy that it tends to overload your your palate, and uh, and then you need you know uh, to drink Coke or something um, yes. equally strong and acidic and sweet to to wash that away. You cannot get into a race <laughs> of flavors that um, is not very, I would argue, not very healthy. The uh, Italians tend to instead value more balanced uh, experiences, yeah, you know, and uh, and pairing delicate flavors together. Yeah, you you have a good point. I think most stuff here that is not again, you don't, if you don't go to the organic market, if you don't go to look for something that is more elaborate, it's spiked up with flavor. Mm-hmm. Even if you get a croissant. Yeah. If you get an average croissant, it's like super buttery. There is yeah. an insane amount of butter. Whereas mm-hmm. if you get the French croissant, it doesn't have to be that. But if you get like a classic French croissant, you're in Paris, whatever. Oh, you get boy. that. It's more about the rising. Yes. And about the crunchiness and the texture and the flavor. And I don't know for you, but it happened to me. I easily fall for, and it's well known here at home, <laughs> that I might make a bag of something disappear at night all of a sudden, if it is one of those yummy things as you are defining them. But um, I had the experience a few years ago to just go on a raw diet. So I just had raw Mm, food for a couple of months. Yeah. As soon as I quit that, my appreciation for foods that were not too sugary to begin with Mm -hmm. spiked because I was able to appreciate and feel much more the flavor, the consistency. And he totally had, you know, the spectrum of flavor just completely changed to me. And I'm not used to having a fine palate. Well, I think you're hitting uh, uh, the nail on the head here. I think it sort of proves that this 
race of flavors um, ends up kind of uh, raising the bar every time, you know, is addictive, like you said, and uh, you naturally crave stronger and stronger. Uh, you, I think, with your raw uh, phase, uh, reset that. And you could appreciate a subtle flavor uh, better, like, you know, a delicate dressing, like for an Italian salad, you probably have, you know, wine vinegar, a small amount, for sure. salt, yeah. uh, and olive oil, extra virgin, maybe. That's it. Yeah, for, yeah, yeah, that's true. Where we live in Chicago, we found this Greek place, mm-hmm. which is uh, this, this person, she, she's, she must be at least 60. She was born in Greece and she does very simple things. Chicken baklava, mm-hmm. the chicken baklava. Oh my God. Chicken baklava <laughs> doesn't exist. That would be, that would be the weirdest baklava <laughs> ever. Some baklava making made of chicken. Yeah. yeah. That, that must be an American recipe. No, uh, <laughs> she does this like thing. She, she'll make a salad, but, and, and, you know, it'll be the simplest salad ever, mm-hmm. but she does it in a way using the right extra virgin olive oil, using aceto balsamico di Modena. She's super proud about it. She shows me all the ingredients and nice. she tells me how she gets like, she can't find um, tomatoes that she loves here. So she puts the tomatoes with a banana in a box yes. for like three days. Oh, that's so brilliant. Like- <laughs> yeah. She discovered how to make them turn ripe. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's what she does. Nice. Um, I'm super happy that that we we met her. And, you know, I have a very, 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 very limited experience with Japanese food. I've never been to Japan, but living with a person who lived for 10 years in Japan, I have sometimes to to eat some of that um, or to try to learn how to cook it. My Mm -hmm. results are not successful, but what I seem to understand from what I'm eating um, when it's cooked right or what I'm reading in a recipe is I found kind of a similarity with the way that Italians cook some, some dishes. Mm. There is basic elements and, and foods, mm-hmm. wholesome foods that are then paired together to create a more complex flavor. Mm-hmm. So it's not about more, it's more about the association of those flavors. Mm-hmm. At least that's my limited understanding of it. Yeah, but it seems- in the same way that you, you know, she from Greece decides which kind of vinegar she wants on the salad and she decides how much oil and she decides how the tomatoes. Those are very simple ingredients. Mm-hmm. And in the same way, you know, if shoyu or another sauce or something goes on, on a specific uh, Japanese any kind of protein there. Like, you know, it's mm-hmm. also about mixing the flavors with basic elements more than creating the more effect, more exactly. butter, more exactly. yumminess, yes. more that. Yes, yes, absolutely. I think, again, you're right. I, I know that because um, the person I started the podcast with is mm-hmm. 50% Japanese. His name is Jason. Oh. If you go back and listen to my first five or six episodes, and mm-hmm. then he also came back as a guest, um, you will hear him um, uh, talk about this. So we did talk a lot about the similarities between Japanese food and Italian food. And mm. uh, you're absolutely right that uh, a lot in Japanese culture has to do with um, the research of the minimalistic combination of flavors, the progression in the meal, mm. and um, the the general sense of balance and contrast. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there are some similarities with Italian food, although of course there's also a lot of differences, right? Yes. Sim, uh, we're out of time for this episode. 
It's been wonderful. Uh, so much fun. I think we can continue easily all night. Um, we'll have to <laughs> bring in some food at some point. But yeah, we can probably continue all night. <laughs> uh, just comparing our notes. Paolo, thank you very much. Yeah, well, that was uh, my pleasure. Really, you made my day when you contacted me. And uh, we have to do this again. Maybe uh, we'll pick a topic and, uh, and discuss it further. Sounds good. <laughs> all right, Sim. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Thank you so much. Bye.